Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 100 of the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. Thank you so much to everybody who's been a part of this show and everybody listening right now. Episode 100, can't believe we're already here, but let's get right into it. This is going to be an episode of my conversation with Tony Hinchcliffe, who is a hilarious comedian. He's a stand-up comic. He's got a Netflix special you can find right now called One Shot. Hilarious dude and he's also a huge pro wrestling fan. So we talk a whole bunch of stuff pro wrestling wise. We talk Roman Reigns, we talk Jinder Mahal as the world champion, we talk comedy, we talk a whole bunch of stuff. It was a great conversation and it was a real pleasure being able to have Tony on for episode 100 of the show. But before we get started, I need to thank and let everybody know about the people who helped make the show possible and helped me get to episode 100, starting with Heroes and Legends, who are celebrating 15 years in business established in 2002. They are a pro wrestling collectible company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling and catch them live on the following days. We have this Saturday, August the 6th, at the Basement East in Nashville, Tennessee, Southern Underground Pro. The people who run that company are friends of the podcast. They've been on before. Great people. It's going to be a great show. I'm going to be in Chattanooga, Tennessee for two nights, uh, tomorrow night and the following night. They're coming back on Sunday. So three days in a row, three shows. Real looking forward to it. But like I said, Southern Underground Pro is where you can find Heroes and Legends this Saturday, August the 6th. And after that, we have Freedom Pro Wrestling, also in Nashville, Tennessee, August the 19th at the Nashville Fairgrounds. That's going to be the last of the shows for this summer for Freedom Pro Wrestling, so make sure to get out there and support local wrestling if you're in this area or even in the southeast. Make the trip to the Nashville Fairgrounds. It's a great show. It's always great, and Heroes and Legends is going to be there as well. And mark your calendar for November the 25th, WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn will be live in the house, courtesy of Heroes and Legends. They're going to be doing autographs, taking pictures, telling stories, doing interviews. I plan on being at all the shows that I just mentioned as well, so say hey to me, as well as the great folks at Heroes and Legends, while you're at those shows. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They are a great sponsor of this podcast. They have an awesome game that they do every month. It's a pick'em contest. Now it's, I mean, more than once a month usually because there's so many WWE um, you know, pay-per-views. So a lot of great stuff going on at WrestleRumble.com. The SummerSlam contest should be going up pretty soon. There's always a lot of great prizes and a lot of cash on the line. Make sure to stay up to date with what they do on Twitter at WrestleRumble. And just grab yourself a t-shirt from their website too. They got great stuff. So once again, thank you to WrestleRumble.com for being a part of the show and check them out. Their pick contests are amazing. Also, hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing coach, personal trainer, and MMA conditioning expert out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. That is in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Give him a call at 404-316-4516 or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. If you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills, Brian Jensen is the guy for you. Make sure to hit him up on Instagram as well at BMJMMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. And last, but definitely not least, Williamson Brothers Barbecue has my favorite sauce in the world. I'm so happy that they're a part of the show because they have, I mean, three sauces. They have an original, a spicy chipotle, 
and a Classic Carolina. All three are delicious. All three are all natural ingredients. They're gluten-free. Go to their website, williamsonbros.com, for more information. You can buy some sauce there as well, and you can also get their spices, their rubs. Their stuff is incredible. They're a family-owned business, and they help their own local economy. They actually have three physical locations in Atlanta, Georgia as well. So check them out. Go on walmart.com, uh, search tab, or search bar, I should say. Just go up there, type in Williamson Bros. You can find the sauce there. Or you can go to Whole Foods, Kroger, Publix. They're all over the place. So once again, thank you to Williamson Brothers Barbecue for being a part of the show. With that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode number 100 of the Fight Talk Podcast. Keep in mind that we recorded this episode about a week ago before the Daniel Cormier versus John Jones fight. I do ask him about that, so you'll hear what our predictions were for that fight. And I also ask him some stuff about Brock Lesnar that I think you guys will find very interesting. So... Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode number 100 with me and Tony Hinchcliffe talking pro wrestling and comedy here on the Fight Talk Podcast. Hey, Tony, you there, man? Heck yeah. How's it going, bud? Dude, it's going great, man. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it a lot. Of course. Sorry about all the delays and all the waiting. I've been so slammed. One call, one email, one thing to the next. So Awesome, man. Well, uh, kind of the first thing I got, uh, the first question I have for you, Tony, is I know you're a, you're a longtime WWE fan just like myself, and uh-huh. um, I know you're, you've are you been involved for a long time, too. I, I know you from the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, of course, the Joe Rogan Podcast as well. Um, so you're like a well-known pro wrestling fan, which is awesome for people like me seeing that out there. You don't yeah. always see it, and I know. Yeah, you, I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. I know. At one point, you even had like a WWE creative uh, contract offer, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I mean, yes, I had an offer. I, 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 then a contract would have been written up. I wouldn't say it was a contract offer. I didn't get that far because they asked me if I wanted to move to uh, <clears throat> what's it called, Connecticut, uh, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was something that I really had to, really had to think about. You know, I, I kept thinking about where I was with my stand-up and everything and writing jobs. And I heard, you know, horror stories from Patrice O'Neill and from <clears throat> a few other of my comic buddies that have, you know, had the chance to work over there. And even though I thought that I could have been, you know, I always go in with the attitude of, well, Vince is going to love me. You know what I mean? But sure. then I then I think about how powerful and amazing Patrice O'Neill is and I'm like man if that guy couldn't make if that guy couldn't make Vince happy you know there's all these things but then I kept thinking about the 12 year old me that would be like what the fuck are you thinking (laughs) take the job you fucking idiot this is what you really wanted you know I figured I could have worked my way up from writer to like Paul Heyman type sure and I probably and I probably could have but The time that I was offered it was, I think, uh, what, six or seven years about into my comedy career, and I had all this stuff going on, and it was basically, do I buckle down and make my first one-hour special, or do I take this, what sounds like a dream job or a nightmare job, and take a chance with it, and I decided I had already put six years into stand-up comedy that's longer than i've ever put into anything in my life so i figured i'd commit to the stand-up luckily it ended up paying off as seven and a half years in i did tape my first one hour special so i took either way was taking a chance 
but I took a chance on me. Um, and it ended up working out in my opinion, getting ready to take my next special in September. So committing to myself, uh, I believe was a good decision. I, I perhaps think- would have, I perhaps would have made a little bit more money and had a little bit more of a stable life, you know, living in Stanford. I was picturing it, you know, I would live in Stanford. I would do the job. I would hopefully get done at about six, seven, eight PM, take a train to New York, do some spots there, 10, 11, 12, and then take a train back and then hopefully be in bed by two to wake up by seven or eight and do it again the next day. But that just doesn't sound like fun. I don't, even the writing jobs that I take for comedy shows and the two weeks a year, three weeks a year that I write on the roast, uh, I'm pretty antsy in that writer's room. I'm one of the few guys that has to step outside every 15, 20, 30 minutes and, and gather myself and have a smoke or whatever like that. And, you know, I, I'm just a little bit wired, a little bit too much like a comedian to sit in a real office like that. Sure. Hey, well, I'm glad that you took the route that you did because I think your stand-up's hilarious, man. I saw you um, I saw you live here. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and you did the rhyming with Joe Rogan uh, about two years ago. And, oh, I love that. Yeah, that was fun. Zanies. What, yes. what a great club. Dude, and you did it. I won't give away any of your material, but you did a bit. I'm 29 years old, and you, you did a bit that had me literally crying in my seat when you were talking about the uh, the Ninja Turtles kids versus the Power Rangers kids growing up. And, and, yeah. and I'm laughing hysterically because I loved both, but I was such a Power Rangers kid. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, this totally, like, from another perspective, this sounds ridiculous. Like, how my parents yeah. must have felt, like, waiting in line for these things on top of me being, like, a pro wrestling <laughs> fan. They probably just thought I was the, the weirdest kid ever. Right, right. But, uh, How disappointing is uh, to be a wrestling and a Power Rangers fan. That's, that's the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and speaking of your stand-up, this is one thing I did want to ask you as well, because I am a fan of yours, and I, I feel like I never get another opportunity to ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my friends are playing a game currently that you created. Ooh, I, I need, think I know which game you might be talking about. Yes, and I need to Child know. Or midget? I yeah, I need to know how many points it is when you see Hornswoggle <laughs> with the Muppets. Say that one more time. Hornswoggle with the Muppets on WWE TV. That's got to oh be a lot my of points. God. Yeah, that's an that's an easy seven hundred and thirty-two points. Seven thirty-two. Sure. I'm gonna mark that down yep. right now. We got a running count going. I just got seven thirty-two for Hornswoggle. That's amazing. <laughs> Love it's a it. lot, but you know, you you got to be careful out there. You never know. You think you're getting a lot of points now, but your buddy can see a midget going backwards on a skateboard and get 850 that fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> what Forward I want. on a skateboard's only 25, but backwards on a skateboard's 850. So if he just goes backward a little bit, that it clicks over. There's you know, it's, it's a very strict rule policy. Oh my gosh, that's that's too funny, man. I love the I love how uh, you win the game with the uh, I don't want to give away the joke, but like that's I mean if you see if you see that if you see that you do win. I mean you can't top the the the, the main prize in that game. Oh, without a doubt, that's just my dream. Every day I wake up hoping that I'm gonna see that. That joke's available, by the way, on my uh, Netflix special one shot for those for those people listening that don't know what we're talking about. But the power, it's funny you mentioned the Power Rangers joke because. You saw it a couple of years ago, and it's gotten even meaner and stronger. It's literally, <laughs> I know that it's, I know for a fact that's one of the ones that wasn't on my last special and that I have been working on with this other hour of material. And I think you're going to be really excited to see how this has turned out. 
this special, I think, is uh, is a lot more powerful than the last one. I was lucky enough to be with Netflix on the last one, and I think uh, I think this next one is sort of like uh, I think it's sort of like when um, oh, I guess I could compare it to um, Husky Harris becoming Bray Wyatt. Okay, you know what I mean. Sure. I would say the first first special is a little bit more Husky Harris, and this one's a little bit more. Like here I am. This is me, and this is what we're gonna win championships with. <laughs> Type of uh, how's that for a wrestling analogy, dude? That's perfect, man. I love it. <laughs> um, I totally understand exactly what you're saying. So uh, mm-hmm. I like that, and I like um, I like the way you guys shot that Netflix special one shot. Like it was one shot. It's you smoking a cigarette, you doing your set, and then you smoking a cigarette in the same spot again. I mean, it's yep. simple. It was my and it's idea. Great. I, I saw it in my dreams, and uh, it was one of those things in which I had to get on tape before anybody else did it. Because once I mentioned it out loud to a couple of my comedian friends, they're like, whoa, that sounds great. Would you mind if maybe I did it like that? I'm not going to name any names, but I, I basically gave them permission to because they're you know much bigger, more famous comedians than me, but I knew I had to do it first. So. And you don't want it getting third hand to a certain somebody who may or may not steal the entire concept. Um. Hey, right, and it's not even steal. I was, yes, exactly, right. I mean, if anybody else heard about it, yes, it would have been stealing. But, you know, it's one of those things to where once I thought of it, I just had to get it done. And so I produced it myself, and um, we sold it to Netflix. Dude, well, I, I mean, I've spread the word as much as I can. I, I think you're hilarious, man. I love your stuff. And just switching gears a little bit to the pro wrestling side, um, yeah. I want to know, like, what are some of the things that you're seeing on WWE TV right now that like that you really enjoy? Like, any any kind of characters or, or wrestlers or anything about the show right now that, like, you're really, really enjoying? I'm loving a lot of this stuff. You know, I think that the Jinder Mahal stuff is actually great. Um, I think that he does look like he's on steroids and he does look scary. So I think there's elements for both kids and adults to sort of enjoy. Like, I think the kids see this, you know, brown monster. And I think the adults see this, you know, this Indian on steroids. And um, I, so I think, you know, there's some characters that I'm just really loving right now. Like that, I love that the call, great Kali came back and, you know, gave us all a good scare it's frightening to see how gigantic he is standing next to the great Kali the great Kali looks like one of the uh, Bollywood boys standing next to Kali um uh, what else is there that I'm loving right now I mean there's so much well what do you, you think know? about like like someone like Shinsuke Nakamura for instance he's my guy I mean I we have a podcast that we do weekly called the store horseman in which me and four of my comedian buddies from the comedy store we sit down once a week and talk about all this stuff and Shinsuke Nakamura is somebody that I've been raving about for a year I was I was the guy that was jumping up and down when he made his debut and you know just going crazy I mean I love everything about him I think he's the future I'm really disappointed I just heard that I think they're putting him up against Cena this week or next week or something like that, yeah, right? This, this week on, uh, on SmackDown on Tuesday, yep. <clears throat> well, the last time I had a, I mean, the last time I had a favorite wrestler that I believed in that I thought should be pushed to the moon, his name was Bray Wyatt. And, you know, they, they fed him to Cena, and it was, you know, it just ruins it for everybody, I think. I think yeah. Cena's great. I think Cena's put a lot of guys over. I think he's the biggest in the business, blah, 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 the moneymaker. I get that. But I think sometimes they bury the wrong guys with him. And um, 
I think he should be facing more, you know, veterans or other up-and-comers instead of the guy, you know. It's almost like it, it, or if they played into Cena, I said this in my group text to my wrestling buddies the other day, I go, at least they should have him embrace it. You know, the legend killer, Randy Orton. But what about the dream killer, John Cena? You know, what if he was the guy that was notorious for taking out the top young guys? I think that would be so cool. The dream killer? Get out of here. Come on. You with me? Oh, yeah, man. I love that idea. Because it's kind of exactly what's been happening throughout the years. I mean, we've seen it year after year after year with, like, one guy or another that we're always thinking is, like, okay, this is going to be the guy who, like, I mean, they kind of did it with Daniel Bryan, but, uh, you know, unforeseen circumstances took him out of the picture. But I think I think that people did that with Daniel Bryan. I don't think they wanted that to happen at all. Right? Oh, yeah, no, no, I agree with you for sure. But at, but yeah. then at a certain point, they started. Uh, I remember they put Daniel Bryan over John Cena at SummerSlam clean for the title. But then that was when Randy Orton came out and cashed in Money in the Bank, and they like immediately. And, and, and they shifted gears immediately, but then by Royal Rumble time, the people were like, fuck this, like, you have to put Daniel Bryan in the main event or else we're going to stop watching this. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. It gets to a point to where people are about to boycott this stuff, and it's it's creative writing. I love it. I love that they can emotionally push us and pull us directions, but by golly, sometimes they just have to, wow. I mean, at least play it like we like you know when we respect these guys we respect them and we just don't want to see them get you know crushed by some guy who's not even be a, being affected sometimes cena as good as he can sell sometimes let's face it he sometimes he just does not sell at all right you know those those some of those bray wyatt matches were miserable for me to watch just him just taking punches and moves and popping right back up i'm like what is this crap where, when did he become a when did he become a superhero action figure, John Cena, and not just at least a normal wrestler? Yeah, I think he, it's bad. I, th- I think it's bad for the sport sometimes when he doesn't sell like that. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. That's a very good, uh, very good point. You know, and John Cena even he called himself Super Cena on SmackDown this past Tuesday. So, oh god, oh yeah. I'm so so there, I'm, I'm so glad I missed that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's pretty much like where they're at with all that, and like, I mean, you're you're talking about you know some up and comers, some guys, a guy that's been around for a long time who's finally getting a shot is Samoa Joe. And yeah. and I really like what they've done with him. Not, I mean, I wish they would have protected him a little bit more with the Brock and the uh, the Rollins stuff a little bit. But at the end of the day, they're positioning him like this guy who's like completely fearless of everybody. And I like that. What have you been your uh, your thoughts so far on Samoa Joe on the main roster? I love it. I think it's great. I've been saying for quite a while that they should utilize submission maneuvers more in the WWE and not just in a cheesy check his arm three times kind of way. Sure. Like, you know, and I think Samoa Joe is that type of, <clears throat> I think even though we've had Shamrock and Kurt Angle and this and that, I think, I think Samoa Joe makes it feel like a real fight sometimes. And I think that that's very important for the sport. Uh, for the entertainment show, if you will. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I love it. I love what's going on there. I wish you'd get a different pair of trunks or something like that. Because, uh, the floppy, the floppy, the floppy boxers don't really do it for me. But, um, you know, uh, but his skill set and the intensity I absolutely love. And I'm glad they're giving him a shot like that. But at the same time, I feel like that's another guy that, since 
Vince didn't create him, he'll never really get a super push. Right. I mean, that's totally possible, especially with Joe's age and the fact that, I mean, it took like 15 or so years for him to get to this this point. So, like, yeah. you know, they're going to be limited in what they can they can really do with him in the future. But uh, on, like, the flip side of that, you have someone like Roman Reigns, who is a complete product of the WWE that they're pushing down everyone's throat. But, like, there's they have he has the people that love him. He has the people that hate him. But regardless, everyone is everyone's interested in what he's doing. Like when he's yeah. on the show, um, what are yeah. your thoughts on Roman Reigns, man? Well, I think that people are interested in what he's doing because of what they've done to him, because of that ridiculous. You want to talk about a no-selling monster? I mean, I, it just it is mind-boggling to me, and I get it. I sound like a silly, you know, smart mark or whatever, but you know, or just a mark period. But the point is, is my. God, I mean, you have to be interested because it's so ridiculous. We've realized, and I think Vince and Triple H realized, and Stephanie, that that one thing that they haven't done was sort of Goldberg a guy that didn't deserve it. Right. You know, Goldberg, it was believable that he was a freak from the onset because that's how they made him over in WCW and that's what we saw the intensity coming out of the locker room and this and that the whole theatrics all of which Roman Reigns has none of none of it but meanwhile he can go out there land his three moves that he knows how to hit and come out with a clean win and the fact that they write him that way I think is actually smart um even though I hate it but I think I'm meant to hate it um but they just make him win, and by winning, by having it the end written the correct way, uh, they can drive us all crazy. And like I was saying, move us emotionally, pull us back and forth. And, and you know, I mean, geez, he's just so easy to hate. I mean, he botched that tombstone on The Undertaker at WrestleMania oh, twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could see The Undertaker trying to jump into it, and Roman just didn't even have it. That, oh, back yeah. braces, that back and chest brace doesn't even help his strength, it seems. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with him, too, is, like, I mean, I, I don't know how this comes off. I've, I've, I've said this so many times on my show, but, like, when when your main audience is women and children, like, and more so on the women's side, and we're talking about Roman Reigns, like, women and children is, like, that's the people who really, really attach to him, and he's positioned as, like, the next rock-looking kind of guy, and he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Like, why... How are you supposed to be taken as a badass when you're wearing a, a bulletproof vest? And why would you be wearing a shirt at all if most of the guys aren't and, like, you're like the women are there to see you? I just don't... None of it just makes any sense to me. Yeah. I think he probably has some ugly tattoos under there that Vince doesn't want <laughs> people to see. I think it's... Uh, that might be considered to Vince, like, a turn-off to kids. Yeah, I remember that was the case with uh, with MVP had like a Malcolm X tattoo that they didn't want them showing. So he had like that that Power Rangers looking singlet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know, I mean, I really don't get the vest at all. I liked it when D'Lo Brown had one because he used it in his frog splash, and he sort of had a cheating swagger about him. Yeah, I think they made the chest protector more of a storyline back then with D'Lo Brown. Back when I was really into the sport, you know, seventh, eighth grade. I mean, when I was just obsessed, the magazines and the the action figures and everything. 
but they use the chest protector as part of the storyline. When he hit that lowdown from the top rope, which I loved, you know, a great finishing move, not some dummy fucking spear or whatever Roman Reigns does. Is that his move? No, it's the super punch. No, no, well, he, he uses the Superman punch to set up the spear, so it's like a double finish. Oh, God, how dumb. Two yeah. of the dumbest moves ever. <laughs> he uses two setups as his finisher. Yes. Oh, God, could they write it any more hateful? I love it. <laughs> oh, I love that too, man. Um, it's funny because, like, I go to a lot of the shows, and I was actually at WrestleMania uh, this past year, and me and my roommate, who's actually sitting here listening to the conversation, he was, we were there, uh, I mean, we're booing the hell out of the main event, which was like, I felt so disrespectful because, like, I mean, it's The Undertaker, it's his last match, it's a big deal. But, like, you were right. saying, I mean, like, it was so obvious, like, they're botching Tombstone pile drivers. That at the end of the match, like, Roman Reigns just runs into him awkwardly, and then, like, they screw the finish up, and he hits the ropes, like, three times to hit a spear, and it was like, I'm like, how is this, how is this happening year after year after year, where you yeah. keep giving this guy this chance, and it just isn't working? Yeah, I mean it's it's silly, but it, yeah. but somehow we're talking about him. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's what they did. That, that what they were able to do was to get us to talk about a guy. I think that if he had a big finishing move, and that if he you know did use his chest protector or lost the chest protector and could talk on the mic or had a cool entrance or changed his theme song, I think a mixture of all these things we wouldn't even care about him. But it is the fact that we think he sucks, and it is the fact that we don't get it that makes us amazed. And and then that, and now all that credit, with that said, goes to Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H, because, I mean, wow, they were able to figure that out, but that's the one thing that they haven't done, was create a guy that the kids are going to love because of his simplicity and that the adults are going to hate because of his simplicity. That's a great. That's a great way to put it. I've never even thought of that before. I thought that myself as I was saying it. I think that's a good one. That was perfect. That was, <laughs> I'm going to quote you on that one uh, from here on out, man. Great. Um, cool. Well, before we uh, before we wrap up, man, and once again, thank you for your time. Do you have a uh, any kind of uh, early prediction on the main event for SummerSlam with Lesnar versus Reigns versus Joe versus Braun? Because uh, I mean, they're all guys who are huge. They all have like their pros and their cons. But as, of course, I'm sure you know, especially with you having Joe Rogan, you know, inside the UFC, there's all this talk about Brock maybe going back to MMA. So now everybody is kind of like, what the hell is going to happen in this main event? Uh, you have any kind of early predictions on that? I think it's Brock Lesnar all the way. I think it's Brock. I think that they have the power to put out in PR that it seems like Brock's doing this and that for MMA. But I think that uh, I really don't think Brock wants to – MMA is – I think people sometimes compare the two things, and I think they're really missing the point here with it. And UFC would have to pay Brock. I mean, it's crazy what they paid him for that last thing, and it's because the main event on 200 got canceled, and they needed a massive replacement to be able to make it a super event. They needed him. They needed him to come back. They did all those special deals with the meta or with the. Athletic commission yeah. and everything they needed him i think it's different and i think that they still have the power to play it like brock will go back but dude he does not want to get punched in the face none of those guys do i'm friends with a lot of those fighters and they love it but they don't love it like we think they love it there's still a ridiculously frightening element to being able to face a human being in an octagon 
that is actually throwing a real fucking knee at your head. This isn't strong style. We're talking about there's guys that can get their skulls crushed in and you have a headache for the rest of your life that you don't hear about. Maybe he survives. Maybe he seems, you know, maybe he can talk. Maybe he remembers his kids' names. But you can have a headache for the rest of your life on any given match. And maybe you even win the match. The rest of your life, you can have a headache or a neck ache or a backache on any given UFC match. Oh, so yeah. I think Brock's done. I think getting popped for steroids against Mark Hunt, he sort of got away with murder going up against a Mark Hunt could have easily have been that guy to knock Brock's head off and make us all look silly. But Brock was on steroids. We know this. And he got flagged for it. And um, I don't think he wants to go through that again. I don't think he wants to be known as the guy that cheated twice to win. And I don't think he wants to go out in UFC as the guy that got beat. I think he wants to go out on UFC as the guy that beat one of the best heavyweights at UFC 200. And uh, I think he's happy with that. I think he's going to count his WWE millions and play the storyline like he might go back to MMA. I think it helps both uh, WWE and Brock Lesnar him teasing i mean what does it take to get a blood test you know what it is it's probably free to get the athletic commission blood test and that's all that they said that he was going to do that's it right you know so just by doing that just by saying that he was going to do that they were able to create the storyline for all the wrestling fans like ooh, maybe it's going to be samoa joe maybe it's going to be Braun Strowman. maybe they're going to double team you know they have to double team to win, I don't think so. I think I think that's it. It smells Vincey to me. It smells a little bit. We'll show them <laughs> that our champion is the real champion. Have them beat all three of them. <laughs> that's a good Vince voice, by the way. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. It's all right. <laughs> Impressions aren't really my thing. <laughs> um, well, th- this leads me into what will be the last question. Just because we were talking some UFC just a second ago, uh, do you have a prediction for John Jones, Daniel Cormier tomorrow night? I've been getting this one a lot, and a lot of people hate my answer to this, but I think it's going to be Daniel Cormier. I'm a little bit biased against people that I'm friends with, or for people that I'm friends with. You know, I'm always for Nate Diaz. I'm always for Nick Diaz. I'm always for Ioana Yenjacek. And over the last year or so, since he's joined the commentator side of things more, Daniel Cormier and I have uh, have, have pretty much become friends. We give a big hug every time we see each other. You know, it's one of those things, and... Once you know the guy, but anyway, even besides the fact that I'm friends with him, I honestly think that people are really overlooking him, man. I mean, Rumble Johnson was a monster, mm-hmm. like a real monster, and DC choked his ass out twice. I think DC's been getting better. I think John Jones has had two years off and has been in his head a lot. I think he needs the money. I think people are looking at this a little bit crazy. Sure, he's never been beaten. Sure, yeah. Neither was Apollo Creed until he got beat. Neither was anybody until they got beat. Neither was Goldberg until he got beat. Everybody's unbeaten until they get beat. And um, I think this is going to be it. I think DC can do this. I really do. If he can beat Rumble Johnson so badly, by the way, that young Rumble Johnson fucking retired. Yeah. Because of the stuff that I was talking about earlier. Because DC fucked him up, dude. In that first match, he fucked him up. And Rumble, there's no way to, there's no word to use for this guy. I mean, 
you know, I would have these talks with Rogan before and after the fights, especially after the fights. You know, we'd always go to dinner with a small group, and that's what everybody's talking about is Rumble's punching power, how we've never seen really anything like it. And then he faces DC and gets beat. And then he faces DC and gets beat. I don't know. I got DC with momentum, and I got DC for the win. Man, I, I actually don't think you sound crazy at all because I've got DC as well. And you, you, actually, uh, you actually broke it down even better than I could have. So that was, that was great, man. I, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that fight a lot. Um, and it is interesting, like Rumble Johnson uh, retiring so young and getting out of the game. And uh, I think he got into the medical marijuana business is what it sounds like. Uh, Heck yeah, it's a so, good business to be in. Hell I mean, what, what, what was I just talking about? It's about how these guys get hurt. It's a painful business. Yes, WWE is painful. Yes, those guys train. Yes, those guys all get hurt. Yes, those guys are working in pain. I'm telling you, UFC is different. It is different. Actually getting kicked and punched and stretched out and jujitsued and having your neck ripped backwards it, it, you're wired differently than a WWE performer, and uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, Tony, I couldn't agree with with you more. Like, I love this conversation today. This is going to be episode 100 of my show, and I couldn't have thought of a better guest to have on today. Uh, so, thank you so much for your time again. Um, and is there anything? You got it. If, and is there anything else you want to like let people know? Just like one more time to plug like your Netflix special yeah, definitely, and all that. Definitely, definitely. And you should be in Nashville when I'm there on the Monster Energy Outbreak tour. Ralphie May is a special guest on that show. He lives there in Nashville. He's a good friend of mine. My pal Jeremiah Watkins. That's the only date on my entire tour that he's not opening for me on. Uh, so it's going to be Ralphie May there in Nashville at the Zanies. That's in the middle of August. But I'm touring the entire country of the United States of America all of the month of August and the beginning of September, everywhere. And I unfortunately don't do as many pro wrestling and, uh, yeah, pro wrestling jokes as your listeners would probably like in my stand-up. But I guarantee you they'll have a great time. I'm really excited about where my stand-up is right now. And those tickets are available at TonyHinchcliffe.com. Uh, they should also check out the Store Horseman. And you should, too. I think you'd really be interested in what it's a much goofier, much, very goofy, silly, funny show. We do a lot of silly impressions and we talk about week to week wrestling and we just sort of treat it as a lot of fun. And uh, so the store horseman that's on iTunes. Check out my comedy podcast, Kill Tony. I have another podcast called The Pony Hour, where I just stay serious and interview people that I like in life and um tony hinchcliffe on twitter tony hinchcliffe on instagram and tony hinchcliffe.com for tour tickets and that's everything cool well i mean i'll definitely be there uh in nashville 100 percent, man i'm uh awesome. i'm looking forward to that very much i've been looking forward to seeing you live again um like i said uh love your stand up and you just mentioned yeah there's not a lot of pro wrestling jokes but there are there's a good uh buffer uh buffer brothers joke in there and so, so. <laughs> there's there's actually i have i have some really interesting ufc material that i've been able to tweak to the mainstream so even if you don't know who the diaz brothers are or exactly how fighting works i have an interesting chunk in there and your power rangers are in there and some other really <laughs> really crazy stuff so now i'm they're... super pumped about it make now sure they're... you bring your make sure you bring your creepy quiet roommate to the show too yeah he's, he's literally sitting here he's been he's been keeping his hand over his uh, his mouth trying not to laugh too hard uh doing some of this so uh you want to say hey to him real quick zach what's going on tony how you doing man what's up brother <laughs> I, was, I was trying not to interrupt the interview 
just let it go happen. But yeah, man, huge fan. Jokes are awesome, and I can't wait to see you in August. I love it. We'll see you guys in August. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Have a good day. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, and that's that. Episode 100 is in the books. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you so much to anyone who's listened, who's been a part of the show, people like you who listen and support the Fight Talk podcast. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I never thought we'd be at episode 100, and we're still going strong and only getting stronger. So uh, I hope you guys you know, who've come along with me so far on this journey uh, continue to because we're only getting started, and there's some big things on the horizon. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the future holds. And to see what the future holds and the easiest way to follow me, to find out what that future is, make sure to follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I've got a Facebook group to search at Fight Talk Podcast or search Fight Talk in the search bar. should come up pretty easy. You know, this wouldn't be an episode of Fight Talk if it didn't have some sirens in the background. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but we got the police sirens going in the background, usually sirens and trains. So that's a, uh, that's a staple of this show. I'm going to leave it in unedited all right also make sure to follow me on podomatic subscribe on itunes and subscribe on google play if you're subscribed on itunes please rate and comment just give me a five star rating put whatever comment you want please do it it really helps the podcast out a lot it really does i know i say it all the time but it is the truth and if you want to grab some merchandise jump on whatamaneuver.net that is whatamaneuver.net got t-shirts hoodies tank tops it's summertime grab a tank top grab a t-shirt help support the podcast I really, really appreciate it, and all that money that I make doing that, just so you guys know, it goes right back into the show, so you guys are basically helping support yourselves whilst helping support me and just keeping the show free for everybody, so uh, the more you guys help out, I, this isn't me begging for anything, trust me, I, I'm very grateful, very, very grateful of all the support, all the support that I've been getting, trust me, but just so you guys know, this isn't a move to make me rich by any means, this is a move to make the podcast free for everybody to listen to and just to continue doing it. So thank you very much, you know, for everybody who does support and who has supported the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I can't say it enough. I really, really do. And whatamaneuver.net is the best place to go grab my merchandise. I got some new logos coming soon, but there's great stuff all over the place. So a uh, special thank you once again to my sponsors, WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon. Hey,